From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. It's Tuesday, May 3rd. To celebrate our community after a historic Radiothon fundraiser, KZMU News is highlighting a few of the many voices that make this town, region, and station so great. It's a celebratory audio portrait week. Yesterday, we heard our very first one that ever aired on the newscast. So today, let's hear our latest. It's with sculptor Yekaterina Tatarovich. The artist uses every material she can from her rustic workshop in the LaSalle's. And she hopes to one day turn her mountain studio into a retreat for those interested in learning sculpting. We'll hear a bit about her journey as an artist from escaping the Soviet Union to working in Moab. Justin Higginbottom has this audio portrait. Okay, so my, my name is Yekaterina Tatarovich, but the shorter version of it is Katya. It's a Russian name. I'm a sculptor. I work actually with just about all materials, but I really do a lot of work with blacksmithing, which is forging of steel. Well, I'm originally from Russia, but I'm, I immigrated with my family when I was very young. I was like seven years old. A lot of my family were artists. Back in Russia, my, my, my family's from St. Petersburg. My grandmother was a very well-known sculptor in St. Petersburg area. And then my grandfather on my father's side was also a really well-known sculptor in, the, in Russia. But I really didn't know them well because I moved here. Because, you know, when we moved, it was in the middle of the Cold War. And it was difficult for people to carry on much communication with family without putting that family into some hardships. My family moved like refugees over here from the Soviet Union because they were blacklisted and my father was a writer and he must have said some things that weren't the most appropriate at some point. And so my my mother and father had some difficulty with even getting work. The only people that were allowed to immigrate from the Soviet Union at that time were Jews after World War II and the conventions that were signed to let the Jewish people immigrate to Israel. And so they're not actually Jews. My family is not Jewish. But they had to get an invitation from Israel. So they had friends in Israel and submitted an application and were basically told, well, how is it that on all your documents you're Russian and suddenly you're Jewish? So why don't you explain this? And that was, a, that was a very dangerous thing at that time to do. I mean, people disappeared for stuff like that, so they were worried about it, for sure. I guess I was interested in art from early on. I, I think I just, I had a feeling for it. And so the first time I touched clay, I was like, oh, 3D is how I like to work. But I, I did a lot of drawings and so forth. As a matter of fact, when we were leaving Russia, I had drawings that I did that were confiscated by security because they thought it was professional artist's work. And they said, well, you can't take professional artist's work out of the country. So we had to leave it with my grandfather. (laughs) When I went to the university, the sculpture program specifically was going through a lot of changes. It was just a little bit of a mess. It was just the timing was off. It worked out good for me because I was kind of... I just kind of pushed myself to learn, and I had the studio to myself most of the time over there because nobody else wanted to stay all night. You know, so I, I taught myself a lot of things because I wanted to learn about more in-depth about metalworking. I actually started teaching myself blacksmithing at that point because I wanted to do large-scale work, and I couldn't afford to do bronze. 
you know. So I, I actually went around and I found jobs and I went looking for jobs in foundries, which at that time was a little bit more difficult because there was a lot more discrimination. <laughs> they thought I was looking for like a secretarial job, right? And when I said, no, I want to work in the production area, they said, uh, we haven't had to hire anybody in 20 years. I'm like, yeah, right. So I did finally find one. I learned a lot over there. When these collectors saw my work, they really liked the work. And they introduced me to a prominent sculptor in New Jersey who told me about the Johnson Atelier, which is an incredible sculpture foundry that did work for artists all over the world. Just incredible, incredible. So I got an apprenticeship over there. I got a scholarship and an apprenticeship and started work there. So I learned a lot and I got to work like on restoring Henry Moore sculptures, working with just like some of the sculptures I was reading about in my history books. The, the work that I do that's purely aesthetic, it's usually an exploration for me of life really, of my relationship to life, of understanding life, of trying to get to the deeper meanings of life. And oftentimes I'm looking at the underlying tensions that create the relationships we have, the, the interactions, the, the emotions that come up. A lot of times I'm dealing with these more subtle background tensions. And then I have a functional side. And, and, I, and I like them both. They serve differently. But like the functional, a lot of times I'll do custom railings, maybe a custom chandeliers, tables, gates, you know, all sorts of custom stuff, lamps, you know. I think pretty much all the projects I do leave an impact on me. For me, as I'm doing my sculptures, I feel like I'm evolving as a person with each piece that I do. So every sculpture is part of my evolution, right, as a person, evolution of my understanding. It's like exploring on the deepest level the philosophy of life and also it's an extension of whatever I'm going through. Every project does that for me. Every project I'm learning something, every project I'm pushing the bounds of something for myself, whether it's with technique or with a way of figuring out how to express an idea. So they are all pretty special for me. So when this thing gets fully up to temperature, it glows red. Sculpture, and just to be clear what we're talking about, because I don't think we actually even mentioned what it is, it was the memorial sculpture for Kylan and Crystal. It's a, a rose and a sunflower kind of intertwined, and there's also some azurite stones that are mined here locally. You know, you can see a lot in a person's eyes. Just seeing that love that they had was really inspiring to me and kind of the twinkle in, in their eyes. It's something that you just see like a part of a person's soul and you can see that the soul is good. The feeling that something that is so, so pure and so beautiful, somebody would feel like they should destroy that that was just really, really painful to me. I just didn't want that to happen and the memory of these two people just to disappear. I think it's easy to hate when you don't know somebody. If you don't know them, if they're the other, if they're whatever, you can make a split second decision and decide that this person is not worth having on the, in the world. And maybe if more people can find 
the connection, if more people can see the value of these people that were here, maybe it can open up to people seeing other people as well more deeply rather than just a, a superficial assumption. You know, so that, that was my hope with some sort of sculpture for them. You're actually building a tension into the metal. So watch this when the hammer falls on really tempered to a part that loses the temper. So if you drop it here, the hammer bounces because of the tension that's in the steel, right? You go to here, see the difference? Almost no bounce because it doesn't have the same temper in it. My actual plans for this place eventually, I, you know, I told you about the Johnson Atelier. I want to create something similar to that over here. Probably have a, a bit of an international type of deal. So I want to make it to where it'll be the kind of thing somebody like myself could learn from. For me, finding the knowledge and techniques has been really important and it's been a difficult journey in some ways because when I was at the university I couldn't find people that had the knowledge that I needed and I really had to search and it's difficult. It can be really difficult finding the information and when I came across that foundry it was just like it was a blessing, you know, it was incredible and there aren't many opportunities like that. Big thanks to sculptor Yekaterina Tatarovich. This piece first aired in March 2022 and was put together by reporter Justin Higginbottom. To celebrate our community, we are having an audio portrait week here at KZMU News. If you think there's someone we should profile in the future, please reach out to news at kzmu.org. And that's the KZMU News for Tuesday, May 3rd. Get your community-powered journalism Monday through Friday at noon and 7. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.